Just Start Real Estate, episode number 111. I think people think that this gap that of their knowledge is like as big as the Grand Canyon. And when I tell people, it's not. It's a sidewalk crack. All right, welcome. Thank you for being here. Boy, I really appreciate you tuning in today. This is Just Start Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and I am really excited for you to be here today. I've got a great show lined up for you. I did an interview with a friend of mine who I have just tons of respect for. He's insanely smart, just a wealth of information, and it's been a long time coming, and I finally got him on the show, so I'm excited about that. So before we talk about that, though, before we get into the interview, I just want to let you know that I'm currently taking applications for my coaching program for the month of April. It's going to kick off pretty soon. I've been receiving applications and interviewing potential students, and I'd really like to hear from you. If you have a, a business that you're trying to launch, or if you recently launched and you're just sort of new and want to kind of get out of the gates fast, or if you have an existing business that you just want to have someone to help you get over the hump a little bit and really take it to the next level, I would love to work with you. You can uh, find me at Just Start Real Estate. And if you go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash coach, all the information you need to get started and be a student of mine is right there. So I highly encourage you to go there and check it out at juststartrealestate.com forward slash coach. And I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, let's dive into the interview. All right, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it very much. And today I have a guest on that I'm really excited about. This has been a long time coming. I actually contacted uh, my guest today a while back, and it's just been a while to get our, our schedule straight, but I finally have him on and I'm excited. Today I have on the phone with me Dennis Fassett. Dennis is a married father of four, living here in Southeast, Southeast Michigan, actually, where I live. And he earned his MBA back in 1992 and was fully vested in the corporate ladder until the automotive industry started to crash and burn in 2004. With the kids and stay-at-home wife and his terminally ill mother at home, he jumped into real estate investing to create a safety net for his family. Since then, he has developed a portfolio of rental houses and one apartment building. Dennis, welcome to the show. I am I am really excited to have you here. I got to be honest. Mike, I'm excited to be here as well. And I, I've got to give you some props for, for doing this. I've been listening to you since you started and it's it's fantastic. You're doing a great job. And I've got to congratulate you on your coaching program as well. I, you know, I like to teach people how to buy rental houses. And I, and I want to do that for a couple of reasons because I want the people that buy houses to near me to do it right. And I think having a guy like you doing a coaching program is is exactly the way it should be. You're a guy that does stuff the right way. And I just want to give you all the congratulations. And I know that, that you're going to you provide a lot of value for, for your folks and teach them the right way. And that's so important right now for people getting started. So congratulations to you on that. So. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate oh, sure. that. It's very nice of you to say. And, and you know, I, I've said this about a couple of guests that I've had on, and I'm going to say it about you. And I am lucky enough to really know some very, very, very intelligent people in real estate and have a you know a personal relationship and and, and have known you for quite a while and, and you are definitely one of the guys that I have a lot of respect for in this industry so it's a real thrill to have you on you were somebody that I sort of put in my crosshairs right from the beginning of that I wanted and needed to get on this show because I think you have a lot of uh, really really good stuff to say to people I mean you really know what you're doing so I enjoy Thanks. having guys like you on and and you know your your bio is actually selling you way short you're you you you've done so 
much, and that's very brief. But we're going to get into it. We're going to talk okay. about where you where you where you started and where you are now and all that stuff. So let's do that. Let's let's just do a brief overview of where you got your start in this industry and then how you got to where you are now. Well, um, it, it goes way back. I mean, I've been a corporate guy now for 25 years. Um, I was fully vested coming out of undergraduate school with my econ degree uh, that I was going to be, you know, president or whatever of a company at, at some point in my future. I was I, I was vested in the corporate ladder. I worked for a couple of years, went back and got my MBA and uh, came out, was an, got an investment banking job, worked in investment banking for a couple of years, moved over to high tech in Silicon Valley, worked there for a bunch of years. Then we, you know, we made the decision to move back to Michigan. I'm from here originally, and you know, moved into the automotive industry. That was a bit of a shock um, coming from high tech, yeah. but it was it was it was okay. But um, it was it, it, we went from a, from an environment where you know those guys in, in Silicon Valley are creating the future every day to people in automotive who are afraid for their jobs every day. So first company I jumped to declared bankruptcy. You know, eight months after I got there, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. You know, so I jumped to an, I jumped to another company. That company did well for a couple of years, and then um, their their contracts got cut. And so I jumped from that company right before they went out of business. And so I'm thinking I've got the reverse Midas touch. So I go to another company and you know, uh, automotive interior manufacturer here in the area. And I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. It was a great job, and I was on the fast track. Um, I did some great work for these guys. I got was a, made director within two years of being there, which is light speed for an automotive company. I was on track to be a vice president in another two years. And so I was like fully vested in this corporate thing. I was like, oh man, I'm, I am it. I'm going to, you know, I had my director chair, had my director office. I had my share of a director share of an admin assistant. You know, I was living the dream, right? And I was yep. working half a day on Saturday, you know, wearing a suit and stuff. But it was, you know, how, that was the dream that I had signed up for. Then 2004 happened. I got made, I was made director in uh, September of 2003. In January of 2004, um, the automotive industry started to crash and burn. So I got a cup of coffee as a director and then my, my life changes basically. And uh, my company, again, fast forward, my company started laying off 100 people a week. It was brutal. I don't know if you remember back then, but it was brutal. We, my, my company ended up the company I was at at the time ended up uh, laying off or getting rid of and selling off a third of the company at that point. Oh. And they ended up ultimately going bankrupt. You know, I was, I had a staff, I had people working for me and a big, you know, a medium sized organization, but I was the newest director in the company. So all the other vice presidents and stuff, some of whom were, were getting laid off themselves. I mean, they were laying off vice presidents and directors and nobody was looking out for me. And I was the newest guy on the block in terms of being a director. I'm thinking, this is not good. Like you mentioned in my bio, I had four kids under nine years old at the time. My, my wife's a stay-at-home wife. She's been ever since we moved back here. And then we had taken my terminally ill mother in. She had terminally ill with emphysema, a couple years to live. We built this big addition on our house that was, that was like an Intel clean room to build chips because wow. she, had to, she had to have a generator because the power and the temperature. And we had air scrubbers and air handlers and climate control. I mean, it was like a hermetically sealed room, you know, so it was expensive, but you know, I was taking care of her and then my job is falling apart. And it's like, nobody's looking out for me. And you know, by the time you get to be a director, you know, you can't just go to Starbucks to get to a job that's going to even pay your mortgage payment. And that was seriously, I, I, it wasn't, wasn't going to work. I looked at MLM. I looked at buying a franchise, buying a subway franchise. Actually, it looked like, looked at buying a manufacturing business, looked at getting a second job and nothing Nothing could happen fast enough for me to, to help me build that safety net. And then I said, okay, I didn't know anything. I, I, you, know, you know what I did, Mike? I opened up the yellow pages and I went page by page to the index of the yellow pages looking for business ideas. Wow. Seriously. Wow. 
because I, I, it was like, I need cash flow. I need it. I need something that's going to happen now that I can start working on that's going to build a safety net. And I went through the entire index of the yellow pages with all these ideas and I settled on real estate investing. And I said, I didn't know what flavor, um, but I, I got my real estate license in the beginning of 2004. I started, you know, doing some reading and studying. I got, you know, started doing listings as a retail realtor. I hated that. That was just ridiculous. And you can't do it when you have a job. Right. And the problem is, is that what happens is that when your company's not doing well, you don't work less, you work more. Yeah. So I'm trying to fit, you know, this safety net building exercise into like 15 minutes a week. Actually, it's more than a couple hours. I had some nights and weekends and whatever. So I went through all this kind of stuff and I started, I figured out a, a strategy chasing probates actually. That was how I started because it's something I could do with direct mail. I could do it, you know, with, after the kids went to bed, I could stay up till 11 o'clock or midnight, pound some letters out, go see properties on weekends. I just started, so I started that, you know, moving that huge, pushing that huge boulder up the hill. And, you know, I got one deal and, you know, the interesting thing was I, I started doing some wholesaling because I didn't have any money either. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're being defensive in, with finances because my job's in jeopardy. We don't want to spend a lot of money on stuff, buying sure. rental houses that we don't know anything about because I might lose my job. So, you know, the, the barbarians at the, are at the gate kind of thing. So there's some wholesaling, made some money. And I had an epiphany moment at one point where one of my neighbors here in my neighborhood was a real estate investor at that time. They had rental properties. And I'd gotten a great house in East Point and I talked to him about it. He's a great guy. And he said, you know, I said, you know, um, uh, Dave, Dave, is, he's Dave, you know, I got this house. I want to wholesale it. I want X amount for it. He came to look at it and he told me, you know, you're a freaking idiot. And it's like, what do you mean? He goes, this house would make a spectacular <laughs> rental. It's like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I tell you what, if you, I'm not going to flip this house, if you don't buy this house and make it a rental, I'm, I'll buy it from you, but I'm going to make it a rental and you're going to wish you had, you'd bought this. I said, I'd never thought of that. And he goes, you need to make this house a rental house. It'll rent. It's a gr you know, great house, you know, three bedroom, trying to manage a couple rental properties that I had and then try to do a couple of flips. It was just way too much. And with the kids little and everything, it just didn't work. So I had to let the, the flipping thing go by the wayside. So I focused on rentals and still doing wholesaling. Did that for a couple of years. And I, you know, I, I really liked your episode on massive action. That's one of the things that I've heard that in every single kind of business or, you know, adventure that you get into, it, it takes massive action to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of puttered around with the rentals. You know, I bought, I got my first, it took me a long time to get my first one. Like I said, I got the second one really quickly right after that. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And I got two. Now I'm, you know, I'm starting to be somebody, right? That's right. <laughs> you know, not, but, and, and, I, and then I got my third one a couple months after that. And I thought, well, this is not too bad because three or four is really where you get critical mass. You could afford to have a, rent, a vacancy. Yeah. So I wanted to get there. And so I got there, I got the third one, you know, a few months later, I thought I was really doing well. But then I started to kind of, I got the shiny object thing happen, you know, going. I thought, all right, you know what? I'm going to expand my reach. I'm going to be, you know, a mogul here in the Detroit area. And, you know, you know how big the Detroit area is. Yeah, and for, sure. for everybody that's listening, Detroit area is a monster size area. There's four or five million people that live here, you know, from the bottom end down river to the top end up in Chesterfield or whatever. It probably takes an hour and a half to make that drive. And then from east to west, it's probably something similar. It's a very big geographic area. Sure. And I really had this epiphany one day when I was driving. I went down to literally, Mike, I, my first house was in Trenton. I looked at a house and an apartment building in Trenton. I went up and looked at a, 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 an apartment building in Roseville. Then I went out to Commerce Township and I looked at a, a couple of houses in a, an apartment building in Commerce Township. I spent like eight hours on the road and I saw yeah, like for, five. For people not familiar with Michigan, that's a lot of driving. 
Well, but you know, but the thing is, then I saw like four or five properties and yeah, none yeah. of them were any good. And it's like, and I finally, I shut everything down and I said, I got to figure out, this is ridiculous. And then, so I, I finally, I never had a business plan. So I said, you know what, I'm enough of the shiny object stuff. Cause I've been listening to too many people and trying to do this and trying to do this. So I said, you know what, I need to focus. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to be when I grow up? And I said, you know what? I'm a Reynolds guy. I, that's what I have time for. That's what I'm, I'm fairly decent at right now. I've got a good eye. I've had some good success. I want to focus on Reynolds. Well, where? Well, I got a couple out here in my city. At that point, it was East Point. I got a couple in East Point. Well, one in East Point, one in, two in East Point, one in Roseville at that time. Let me focus on the East Side. That way, I'm going in the same direction. It's East of me, but I'm going to cluster them. Right, right. And that ended up kind of being the, the bright, shiny thing that kind of saved my, my bacon because, and that's how I developed what I call my, my set and forget approach to buying rental houses. You know, I'm buying really good stuff. And anyway, to, to kind of cycle back. So I, once I got my focus, then it was like, I just kept turning the crank over and over again. And the market was so good that it, it was basically like, I'd go, I bought a house once, um, I think it was number 10 or 11 I bought, I bought it during, during the lunch hour at work. I drove from Southfield over to the east side, one of the suburbs, and I went through the house, put an offer in, had it accepted, and drove back to work. You know, and, you know, I was at the house for about 40 minutes. It got to be like, you know, taking orders. You know, what, what do you want? Yeah. You know, here, I want this, I want this, I want this. Well, here's one. I'll take it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the market was so good. And let me tell you, tell your listeners, one of the really cool ways that I bought my properties is that, you know, I made some money doing wholesales and I, we had a, a part of a home equity loan. So I had scraped together enough money to buy my first one, my first buy and hold. And then what I did with the way the market was, is I applied immediately, not really on the first one immediately, a couple months in, I, I applied for a, a cash out refi to do permanent financing because right. yeah. I bought it for cash. Sure. Sure. Well, I did that and they offered me and they gave me more money than I needed, you know, more than I had into it because they, they were doing it on appraised value then. Well, I thought, okay, well, I use the overage on the first one and it's still cash flowed fantastic because I bought it so low. I used the overage on the second one for the, on the first one as a down payment on the second one. Nice. I thought, nice. this is really cool. Yeah. And so I've got no money. Well, I got a tiny bit of money in it and, um, and so I, I had no money in the second one, and I still got it for a good price. And so I said, all right, let me see if I can't duplicate this. Scrape together some more money doing wholesales. And then I, so I had this pot of money, and I was $60,000, $70,000. I'd buy a house, apply for a refi, cash out, use, and keep turning the money over and over again. Right. And so I've got now my portfolio of houses. I don't have any money in any of these houses because you could do that back then. And I'm not underwater in any of them anymore. They've all come back. They're all, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in, the, in the green on everything now. And they're all going really well. So, nice. and for your listeners, that's that's a tip. That you can't do that right now. You've got to hold for a year before you can do a cash out refi based on an appraised value. Right. But it's going to come back at some point. So take advantage of it if you see it and jump on it and get do as many as you can that way. Because you know, again, the the, the door may open and close very quickly. But anyway, so yep, we're, we're, we're we're wide ranging. So I did massive action. I bought, I think I bought eight or nine properties in a. 12 or 13 month period. And that kind of really set me on a trajectory to, um, to, to have this portfolio, have this safety net, which came in, came in handy. Um, ended up moving from there. Once I had the number, um, my, my limit on my mortgages, I started using private investors, did a couple of those. Then I started to do apartment buildings. And so I bought one, I bought a second one, I sold one of them last year. And so that was an interesting story. We can talk about that sometime, but again, you know, I, I love cash flow properties. I mean, I, the, the bottom line and, and, and kind of, kind of bring things back around in a circle. You know, you mentioned, um, 
you know, we've known each other for a while and in the safety net thing. Well, I lost my job here back a couple months ago and my wife, most wives are like, you would go screaming up and down the street. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? You know, we're going to be living under the bridge in a box. Right. Yep. My wife is like, okay, well, okay, that's fine. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> it's because like, we have the, we had the rental income yeah. coming in. Yeah. And again, you know, you and I talked about this before, but you know, it's it, my, my, you know, I'm a very senior guy. I've been working for 25 years. My rentals certainly don't replace my salary, but it's enough of a safety net that we can pay the mortgage, we can keep the lights on, we can keep food on the table. Yep. Um, and, you know, when we have a, have a shock and, you know, we're, we're able to put some savings away. So it was, I want, I want to say that having, not having a job for a couple months was no impact because it was, but it certainly was lessened. So it's funny, this, this safety net that I, I, I targeted building in 2004 Finally, I got to use it in 2014, 10 years later. Right? <laughs> well, you know what? Right? But that's exactly why you had it, right? Like you said, yeah. it was a safety net. So, you know, thank God yeah. you didn't have to use it 10 years ago and you just have to use it just recently. And it was only for a few months. And like you said, it, it kind of bridged that gap for you. Now, right. you know, you mentioned, Dennis, uh, you threw out there the set and forget philosophy that you have on houses. Yep. And I just want to mention that you wrote a book a few years back. It's been you know, a few years now, actually, called How to Buy Your First Set and Forget Rental House. And I, I know you can find that on Amazon. I I, yep. I encourage people to go there and get it. I bought it when it, when you first wrote it. I was one of the uh, people that was that was right out of the gate buying the book. It's a fantastic book. It's a great book, especially if you're just trying to figure out how to how to figure this whole rental thing out. You you really lay it out for people well. And I know you've been teaching people for quite some time now, Dennis, to do exactly what you're doing and how to do it intelligently. Because that's what I said. You know, there's a, I know a lot of people in this industry, and and some are are are, are good because they're they're hustling, and some are good because they're just, you know, they just have that it. Whatever it is, they're just they're 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 smart guys. They know what they're doing and they do things really, really the right way and they set themselves up for success. And you're one of those guys. So what do you see that people are doing nowadays? Like what are some of the mistakes when people, you know, people who you teach maybe or people who come to you with yeah. questions, what are some of the things you're seeing with it? They're really kind of missing the mark on on how they're going about it or what they're doing in their business. What's some of the those mistakes? Well, you know, Mike, I think one of the ones I see most often and just in the RIA meetings and talking to people, um, and as well as the people that we talk to that are just getting started, right? I mean, they, I think new people confuse activity with accomplishment. Yeah. You know, and that's a big one. And what I mean by that is, and you know what, I, exactly what I mean. I mean, going to a RIA meeting yeah. is ac activity. It's not accomplishment. My, my philosophy is when I tell new people, if you're not looking at houses, you are not a real estate investor. Yep. Buying, I mean, buying business cards is activity, yeah. but it's not, it's not right. accomplishment. Again, you're right. Ne necessary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But buying business cards, you know, getting your file cabinet, you know, you can do all that on a Saturday afternoon and yep. get all the setup stuff done within right. a couple hours. Right. If you're not looking at houses every single week, you're not a real estate investor. So that's the main thing. And the second thing that I see, and especially it was, it was true with this apartment building thing. When I first got started trying to, you know, muddle my way through that is like, people will, they get analysis paralysis. They think they've got to get every piece of content written on a subject digested and completely understood before they right. take action. Yep. And I think people, are, you know, most everybody that you and I know, the new people that get, that, that come up, 98% of them, they're smart people. They're, you know, they've got jobs, they, you know, they went to college, most of them, they, they're smart people. I think people think that this gap that of their knowledge is like as big as the Grand Canyon. And when I tell people, it's not. It's a sidewalk crack. That's, a, that's, right. that's the right. gap. 
you know, you're, you're building up this big impediment in front of you that's preventing you from taking action. And all you do is keep studying and buying, you know, the next, the next program. And these people can quote what page number this guy made, you know, this guy made a comment on, on the program they bought. It's like, yeah. that's not it. It's like, do some study. You know, I, I'm, Obviously, I spent 50 grand on my MBA. I'm a big fan of buying knowledge because it shortens the learning curve. Yep. You know, buy one thing, you know, do a training program like yours, like a coaching program, buy one, do one thing, focus on it and act. Yep, I love that. And, and you're playing right into the the whole theme of this podcast, right? Yep. Just start real estate. So, exactly. and I've I've said it before many times. I don't I don't advocate people going out there and trying to buy real estate without having any knowledge or any any exactly. any, any learning, but at some point you have to just start. You can only read so much and you can only take so many courses and go to so many real right. meetings like you said. And I'll take that one step further when you said you're not a real estate investor unless you're looking at properties. I would take that a step further and say you're not a real estate investor unless you're making offers on properties because I know point. an awful lot of people who look at properties all day long. They've never placed an offer on one of them. So, you know, action. It's all about action, right? Get a little bit of knowledge like you said. I love what you said. Get a little bit of knowledge and then act on that knowledge and don't look for other opinions. Don't look for other books on the subject. Get one and, and act on it. Find some good advice and just go for it. You really don't need to, to know a lot to get started in this business. You need to know some things and there's some fundamental things. And I've always been an advocate and suggested that you network and try to make friends in the industry that you can maybe bounce ideas off of or get sanity checks. But you know, put the books down at, at a point and get out there and start making offers. You know what? I, I can't agree with you more. The, the, some of the guys on the podcast that you and I talked about, they have this this term that I love. It's called just-in-time learning. It's yep. perfect. It's You know what? It, it, you learn it, like you said, and then you act on it. And just like you said, just start. You yep. got it. Just start. Yep. And, you know, to, to go back to that first house, Mike, I threw up three times before I closed on that house. I I, I was hoping and, be, uh, and pleading. I, I, your story was the same way. What, <laughs> your first offer, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're hoping like hell they yeah. don't accept because what yeah. the hell are we going to do? Yep. And so I threw up when he accepted the offer. I threw up in between and I threw up the day of closing. That's because so it's like, Because well, I don't know anything yeah. about real estate. Yeah. You know, I just, I just needed the, I needed the freaking cash flow and I needed it yesterday. And it's like, I just have to do this. My wife says, my wife, again, she's like the rock at Gibraltar. She goes, you can do this. You're smart enough. This is not rocket science. It's buying a house. Yeah. It's doing some spruce up, and it's putting a renter in it. How hard can that be? Yeah. So the brilliance of the of the wives, right? So. Yeah, exactly. You know what? If you get onto to forums on the website and read books, you can really kind of get overwhelmed by the um, the complexity that some people put on this business, right. and it really doesn't have to be that complex. And I, I've interviewed plenty of investors, and I happen to personally know plenty of investors who really haven't done anything super super creative in their business. They just figure out how to do something well and they keep doing it and they're very successful. You don't have to know 10 different, you know, strategies for buying and selling houses. You just don't. You need to know a couple and get really really good at them. Isn't and then, it funny how and that expand works? Yeah. From, and expand from there, really. Yeah, isn't it? If, isn't it funny how that works? They find one thing, they do it well, and they're prefer, profitable as heck. It's yep. crazy how that works. Yep. They don't. They maybe don't have a ton of wide knowledge on the subject, but guess what? They're making a lot of money, and, right. and they're doing exactly what they want to do. So, all right, Dennis. Now, if you if you had to, if you lost all your houses tomorrow, clean slate, wiped them away, and and God and forbid, you, yep. God forbid, and you yep. had to start over. How would you go about it? What would you do first? What would be your first move and how would you go about building back your portfolio? Okay. Well, let's say it's catastrophic. I lose yep. my money and everything. Okay. That's fine. Um, I've got to disagree with you on this. I listened to one of their podcasts, but I honestly, Mike, I am a big fan of wholesaling. 
to, as to people getting started. I know you and I disagree on that. We can talk about that in another show. But <laughs> okay, you heard my episode where I said it might be I, I one did. of the hardest ways. Okay, all right, fair it, enough. No, I get it, and, and we disagree. And I just let's okay. leave it at that. We can go. <laughs> I would love to talk. You know, we ought to do another show. We'll, on we'll do another one. We'll okay. we'll just we'll debate it. And I'm not a big wholesaler. You know that. I'm not. My yep. my thing is flipping. Yep. Um, Okay, well, we, we won't we won't argue about it right now. I'm just right. gonna say we'll I'll definitely have you back on, and maybe we'll do like a <laughs> we'll do like a, a roundtable. We'll get a few more people on, and we'll argue about right. wholesaling. So that would be great. All but right. anyway, so but again, and and I'm cheating because I already know. So you're not taking away my knowledge. You're just taking away my houses. And yeah, my yeah, 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 yeah. So, not taking away right. your knowledge. You know everything right. you know. Right. So I would start out by wholesaling. I would I would again continue to do probates. I, I highly probates have been my life, but I, you know I, I'm I'm gonna come clean on you, Mike. I have never done any kind of other lead gen really other than probates, hardly. I've done a couple of, dabbled in a couple of other things. That's interesting. I didn't know that, Dennis. I really, all, I, doing, all the years I've known you, I didn't know that. That's all. You know, I, you know, half my rental portfolio is, is probates. Um, all of the flips I did and about 90% of the wholesalings, it's all been probates, all of it. It's just spectacular. I, you know, it's, um, it's unbelievable. So anyway, so right. I would start, I would, I would chase those. It's cheap to do. I would, you know, do my direct mail campaign. It's like I've got 59 letters I just printed out today. I'm sending some more out. I would just continue to turn the crank and do some wholesale, wholesaling, build up the, uh, you know, a cash balance and I could start to buy houses again. Um, presumably, if my credit wasn't trash, I can get mortgages on them. I can start that way. But I'd also start, again, because I've got a track record, I can go talk to people about private money. I don't recommend if, again, I, I heard your, your talk with Eric on that. I totally agree. If you don't have a track record, you should not be asking people for private money. Yeah. But again, I've got a track record. And, let, and if it wasn't my fault that I lost all these houses, if something happened, whatever, I, I could start talking to folks about private money. I would start to do that early on as well because as you guys talked about in the other, on the other episode, you can really it, – it, it, it's not required for real estate, but you can really accelerate your growth oh, with private money. It's really – it's so like pouring gasoline on a fire, yeah. and it, it really it gives you a lot more options. It's not required, but it gives you a lot more options. So that's what I would do. I would, I would literally – I would amass a bunch of money doing some wholesaling, build up – you know, maybe you know, do two or three wholesalings or, or wholesale whatever it takes, buy rental. Do a couple more by rental. Do a okay. couple more by rental. That's how I'd build back up. So you, but again, you would feel your business with wholesales to begin with then? I would. I okay. would. And then look for private investors at the same time. Because again, I think, and I'm a big fan of this, and I always have been, and I know you, you're the same way. Rental properties are how you build wealth. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. and set and forget we have jobs. I, we hardly hear from our tenants. It's just a great way to just to, to, to have a safety net and to really sock away money for retirement. I mean, I've not had to worry about the stock market at all, the ups and downs that they've gone through, because my houses keep throwing off rent checks every month, and they're going to continue into perpetuity for as long as I have them. Yeah. So that's that's incredible, and that's a really good advice. The, the wholesaling thing, like I said, we could debate that all day long. But the fact of the matter is, if you had all of your knowledge. You, yeah, you do have exactly. knowledge, and I think that you could really start off very quickly doing it that way. And I, I really like that probate thing, too. Like I said, I, I knew that you 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 did probate stuff. I didn't realize that was a big, huge component of the houses that you have acquired in your portfolio. So that's a really cool uh, little tip yep. that I didn't realize. Okay, yep. good. And I, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit more uh, in a few minutes here. Okay. So that's how you would go ahead and, and restart your business or rebuild it, I should say. So that's yes. <clears throat> that's yep. a very cool... Very cool method of doing it. Now, being a guy that's very, very busy like you are, and, and you have your real estate business, you have your day job, I, I guarantee that you have tools in your toolbox that you use. Um, you know, maybe it's a it's a it's a app or a, a program or a, a physical product or something. What do you use to stay organized? How do you how do you do all this? 
as busy as you are, what what are some of the, the 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 tools that you use to keep your business going? You know, Mike, that is a great question because I've just kind of gone through an overhaul of that here in the last few months because it's just gotten to the point where, you know, thinking about doing a couple of new things like that you and I talked about before the show, and I, I've had to really kind of focus. And I've got a couple of basic tools that I use. Um, well, first of all, I've gone paperless. Finally, after all these years, okay. I never thought I would. I love. Franklin planner. I've been a Franklin planner guy ever since Franklin was alive, basically, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, you know, but again, yeah. I, 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 I divorced myself from that last fall and I'm totally paperless. And so I'm, I use a couple pieces of software. One is Evernote and I've, I've really come to depend on Evernote. I highly recommend, you know, use that it's, it's multi-platform. So if you, it, it's Mac, PC, iPhone, Blackberry, Android, whatever, yep. it, it, it's fantastic. Then there's a, um, a, um, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's it's a, a program called OmniFocus for the Mac. It's uh, basically it's a, a task management program, but it's really robust. It's filtering with due dates, reminders, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, it's simple, but yet it's it's robust, and I really like it. It's expensive, but I you know I force myself to sit down and go through the a bunch of training videos and stuff by by some folks, and it's it's that in and of itself. You know, I, it's kind of one of those things, Mike, where you got something that comes up, you enter it in. So yeah. normally if, I, if I've got a task or something, a piece of information hits my desk, I, it either goes into OmniFocus as an action or it goes into Evernote as, as my repository. And it just, it go, like, so I get a call from a tenant, for example, uh, the rent's going to be late. The payment plan's going to be, I'm going to pay hundred bucks on the third, 50 bucks on the seventh, 90 bucks on the 10th, you know, whatever it is. I write it all down. I may have a scratch pad or whatever, or I just type it in Evernote as it goes, but everything ends up in Evernote. Nice. So okay. those two are, are, I highly recommend. Again, OmniFocus is not cheap. Uh, I've never 80, even heard of that, to 80 be honest bucks. with you. That's the first time I've heard of this. They've got a whole suite of things, and they've got uh, uh, another piece of software called OmniPlan, which is a project management app for the Mac too, which I really love. Um, but I, you know, I don't use it that much. I would just play around with it. I got the trial membership, uh, the trial version of that. But then you know what else I use? Like I use Google voice. My Google voice number is my business number for real estate. And so, um, when, and, and, you know, having a day job, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant thing. You, You know, unfortunately you can only have one. But what I do is whenever I send my probate letters out or I've got a rental that's that's for rent or something, my Google Voice number is that number. So I have the Google Voice set. So when it comes to my phone, it's the Google Voice number that shows up on my caller ID. Yeah. So yeah. I know it's a business call. So if I'm at work and I get a call, I know it's a business call. And I know that if I'm you know amongst people at work, I don't want to answer it. I'll just let it go to voicemail. Yeah. And plus it'll transcribe it so I can take a peek if I'm in a meeting to find out if you know if, if a house is flooding or whatever, if it's how critical it is. Exactly. So, I, I use I mean? the same so, thing. Yeah, I have Google it's, Voice as well. It works. Yeah, great. it's it, it's a it's a great tool. Yeah. Other than that, those are I kind of well, we you well, my wife does a lot of the bookkeeping for our rental business as well. And we came up with a um, a collection of Google Docs to track mortgage payments and rent payments and stuff like that. We're really even with our portfolio, we're not that sophisticated. We find that the Google Docs, the spreadsheets, or whatever, they work totally fine. She, yeah. you know, enters them into Google. She, you know, she logs them into to, um, Google Docs when the when the rents get come in. I can look at it to see who's late. Do I send my my eviction letters or my seven day notices or whatever? And it works really well. But we try to keep it simple. I mean, I think one of the things that 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 I keep you know, people keep beating into our heads as they keep it simple. And we're trying to do yeah, that. Absolutely. Now I'm curious, what do you use for rent collection? Do people send you checks or how do you do it? Do you get them through uh, like um, over the internet? Is it like electronic or how do you do that? 
We still get checks. Do get checks? I, you okay. Know, I, yeah, I you know what I, I've got to. I keep threatening. You know, everybody else. I know. <laughs> I know that a lot of a lot of, a lot of my colleagues that have now have more houses than me, bastards. But um, <laughs> they they they're using a lot, a lot of the electronic stuff now, and it's yeah. great, and it's working well for them. And I just honestly, you know, my tenants turn over so infrequently. I don't want to force change on them while they're with right. me. And so, I mean, I've got a couple of tenants been with me for six, seven years, and it's like I get the check. A cu- sometimes it's it's a day or two late. I don't really bellyache about that, and and so I don't. I, so we're still checks. Yeah. So it's basically if it's not broke, don't fix it. Kind of a mentality. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm not into this continuous optimization when you, the, the results are only going to be incremental. It doesn't. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Okay. Now, before we go here, Dennis, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some things that you have going on. But before we do that, yes. let's just real quick, let's let's try to let's summarize a little bit. What what parting advice would you have for new new real estate investors who want to get into buy and hold? If you had to give them a couple of bullet points, things, what what would you say? How would you summarize what we've talked about today? Oh gosh. Um I would say get some training. You know, I don't care. I'm again, this is self-serving because I I train, but find somebody in your area that knows something about the rental market and take them to lunch. So take other landlords to lunch and get the the lay of the land. I, you know, that has given me such a leg up as I've kind of went into houses. I did that as I went into the apartments. I did that as well with apartment guys. You need to get the lay of the land. Okay. Because saying in the Detroit area, I want to be a landlord. My first question is, where do you want to be a landlord? Yeah. You know, do you know that? I mean, do you know, you know, are, do you have a day job? So you need to kind of figure out because, you know, it's highly profitable to be a landlord in Detroit, but you're going to be collecting the rent, wearing a bulletproof vest and a Glock on, and a Glock <laughs> exactly. on your hip. Exactly. And if, if, you, if that's good for you, I know guys that do that. And yeah, they I do it. too. I know. I you do know? too. That's great. And I have more power to them, but I got a day job. I don't want to get calls. Hey, my toilet's plugged up, you know, so, you know, I've gravitated over towards nicer areas nicer school district so i get a higher class of tenant yep okay the houses are more expensive and that decreases my margin a little bit but again i don't ever hear from them so my advice to new people is you need to figure out kind of what you want to do if you want to be a landlord then great get some training and go sit down with a couple landlords in the area to figure out where the good landlord areas are because in michigan in our area there's like four or five and that's it that i'd recommend people go i mean there aren't really any more than that so it's it's a finite number and it's a smaller number than most people think so you need to know where you're going to be and i highly recommend that it's either on the way to work or on the way to church or on the way someplace you're going to be around you know because you don't want to be you know, have your rentals a half hour the other direction from where you work because you're never going to get there and you're going to have to get there. Yeah. And uh, don't, so, and don't think that a property management company is the answer, especially when you have one or two rentals, right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense until you get into the higher volume of rentals <clears throat> to have one rental and think you're going to have a property management. You really should be managing those yourself. In my opinion, you tell me you're the expert yeah. dentist, but maybe for a while manage them yourself. So you kind of understand the process. I, yeah, I agree. That's a good point. I, I highly recommend you manage them yourself. I mean, I, I, I teach people that I said, you manage, nobody cares about your house as much as you do. Yeah, so, yeah. and one part of, of, of how, how I think what new, new folks ought to do. And when people, somebody asks my opinion, I say, you need to do a self-assessment. How much time do you have? How much money do you have? Is your spouse on board? Some really basic questions. And yep. so, and be honest. And if you don't have three seconds a week to, 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 to do this, then you're going to need a property manager. Yep, absolutely. I love that. Okay, now 
before we go, you're not going to need a property manager. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dennis. you cut out for a second. I thought you were done. Um, so before we go here, I do want to talk about, you have some things going on. Like you said, you, you definitely do some training and you have uh, some things, some products and website that I'd like to direct people to, because I think there's tons of value in it. And I've been on it a ton over the last couple of years, to be honest with you. And, and quite a bit today as well. And I know that your website is, uh, DennisFacet.com, and that's D-E-N-N-I-S-F-A-S-S-E-T-T.com. And by the way, this will be in the show notes of our show at JustStartRealEstate.com forward slash Dennis Facet. So you can go and check it out there, but talk a little bit about what you have to offer there on the website, what you're doing, a little bit about your training programs. Again, well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity. But what I do is I, tr- I teach people how to buy cash flow properties, basically, and how to do it. My, and my niche really, Mike, is I teach, not that I prefer, but my niche really is I teach people that have day jobs how to own rental properties, right? How to okay. do it in the, in the available time that you have. So I've got a, a program on buying rental houses. I've got a, pro- a program on buying apartment buildings. And uh, I've also got a program um, on probates as well. So, and then another private money, and I teach a bunch of different things, my approach on private money and, you know, several different things. But that's basically, that's kind of the, in a nutshell. My blog is there, um, and, you know, I, I do a bunch of, I've done a bunch of videos on Facebook, and they're there too, kind of kind of like your quick tips. I, I did a whole series of quick tips in my car, actually. You know, okay. as I was, driving, as I was yeah. driving around, I recorded three or four minute videos on various tips for that, that are relevant to landlords. So it's a good resource too for folks if they're thinking about being a landlord. Yeah, and those are very cool. I, I have seen a lot of those, and I remember when you started doing them. Those are really cool, <laughs> pack full of good information, and, and it's just really neat. I'm, we're watching you drive in the car and yeah. kind of like give us right. some wisdom as you go. So that's yeah. awesome. I you definitely recommend it. Go check them out on Facebook. And like I said, the website is DennisFacet.com. And any other things you want to let us know, other ways to get a hold of you or something else that the listeners should be aware of? No, you know what? DennisFacet.com is the best place to get a hold of me. You okay. can, you know, so I've got, if you want to, I've got a, a guide to getting started in, ca- on ca- for, in cash flow properties. So if, if folks think that that's the kind of direction they want to go, it's a free guide. It's like 20 pages. It's kind of like the kind of the foundational startup steps. But I want to do as well, though, too, um, is, is, I'm so big on probates, and since you're teaching folks how to get started, lead generation is such a huge part of getting yep. started, and people get so mucked up about that. I want to offer your listeners uh, a deal on my probate course. Again, awesome. it goes for sixty-seven bucks. Sixty-seven bucks normally. I'm gonna I'm gonna set aside twenty spots for your listeners to get it for thirty-seven. So a little bit more than half off. There you go, more than and half off. That's twenty. You said twenty people. The first twenty people. First twenty. First okay. twenty. And the, if you want to put the link, I'll send you the link. You can put it on the site there. But you know, it goes through the process of how to contact them, where or where to find the leads, how to contact them. My letters are in there. The ones I send in the follow-ups in my Excel database. And awesome. we talk about doing mail merges and it's just, you know, it's not rocket science, but I tell you, it, it's something that when you're starting out, it's something you can do that's accomplishment and not yeah. just activity, right? You can send it, you can yeah. send, you can go today and find the probate leads and send out 10 letters today. It's Absolutely. That, that cool. And you know what? You, you mentioned lead generation. And I've said this before in, in past uh, interviews with people in, 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 in podcasts. There's basically two things as a real estate investor. You're generating leads and you're looking for money, right? You're securing financing. Yep. Those are really, when you really boil it down to the essence, lead generation 
and funding. Those are the two things that you should be worrying about as a real estate investor. So yeah, lead generation is huge. And, and especially nowadays, it's not like it used to be at one point where you just go on the MLS and you find right. all these deals that are just flying off the MLS, no big deal. It's really tough. It's tough sledding out there trying to find good, good deals. So yeah, probate is is a great way. I'm, I've am i never really done it. I know people who do it. I know you do it. I've known other people who have done it. So yep. uh, yeah, I think that that's fantastic. And, and I highly suggest people go there and check that out. And I will have the link to that in the show notes as well. So you can go right there and uh, see everything. Go to Dennis's website. He's got a lot of, I'm there right now, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of great <laughs> stuff on here too. Like he said, apartment buildings, rental houses, landlording, private money, just tons of great stuff, a wealth, a wealth of knowledge. I've known Dennis for years and I can tell you he is the absolute bona fide real deal. So go there and check it out and reach out and uh, and uh, yeah, contact him and, and, and strike up some conversation and see what he's got going on because he's a smart guy. I appreciate that, Mike. Appreciate that, Mike. Thanks a lot. No and problem. And again, congratulations again on this podcast. I think you're doing a great job. Every the episodes are great. Um, I I listen to them regularly, so I appreciate it. Awesome. That means a lot to me because I have a lot of respect for you, Dennis. So. Yeah, once again, I just want to say thank you. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I know we've been working on this for a few months, and uh, it's finally happened, and, and, I, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think, you know, a little bit down the road here, let's get you back on, and let's get let's deep dive a little bit into the real estate, into the rental specifically. Let's get kind of to the nuts and bolts. And before we uh, before we end that episode, we'll, we'll debate wholesaling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. You know what? But again, there's, there's everything is a fit for somebody, exactly. right? Exactly. And so... You know, this is just great conversation. I love your idea of roundtables because uh, as we should have one on Section Eight as well. I'd love to do that, but that's another another topic we can talk about. Like that. <laughs> that, that sounds so, good. So. Yeah, that'll be a good one too. All right, man. Right. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on, Dennis, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. Take All care. Right. Yep. Bye bye. Before we go today, I wanted to remind you to go to our sponsor at JustStartRealEstate.com forward slash rent prep. When you go there and enter the promo code Just Start, you will receive their landlord form bundle for free. Also, when you use the promo code Just Start, you will receive 10% off of all of their screening products. So go there today, check them out, and enter the promo code Just Start. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just Start. Thank you.